Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 51 of the Canberra Football Show. My name's Matt Nicoletti. Joining me, as always, is Michael Georgeski. Michael, here's a, how's it going? And um, episode 50 last week got a lot of good feedback. So thank you, everybody, for the, uh, the kind words. Yeah, just to go off that, I am very appreciative of the sort of support and feedback that we've, that we've received, you know, reaching the 50th episode last week. It's been amazing, sort of like like we talked about last week, just the sort of road and the journey that we've been on to reach to this point and obviously moving forward now into the future as well. But, you know, I just want to say it's been absolutely amazing and I, I really want to echo the fact that, you know, it's been absolutely amazing the amount of support that we've received from the Canberra community and surrounding regions. So I just want to say thank you to everyone that's, been sort of with us you know throughout the journey whether that's been from the start whether that's been from sort of the middle or even just now so very excited to you know keep this going and we obviously have a lot of football action to wrap up in this episode Matt. We certainly do and some very good results and very good goals and we will break most of that down here today. Um, Michael in the words of the great Fabrizio Romano here we go. (laughs) Let's kick it off. We've got Monero Panthers. They were able to get a 1-0 victory over West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, Darren Bailey with an 88th minute penalty there to prove the deciding factor in in this result. You know, uh, and as I say that, it was a very important victory for Monero as they, you know, converted from the penalty spot, like I mentioned, to gain a much-needed win, I feel. And... I think you could really sense how important it was for Monero when Bailey converted the penalty and he ran sort of straight towards the the corner flag and sort of towards that the stands where the where the corner flag is. Uh, he just sort of let out this big roar. And I, I think that really sort of symbolized just what Monero have sort of been through to sort of start the season. Not not to say that they've been, you know, that horrible or anything like that like they've been far from it but they also haven't been amazing so I really felt like that was a symbol of them really needing a a three points and and that's exactly what they got with that penalty so close to the end of the game and on the flip side of that I think it's a very tough loss for West Canberra to sort of take on the chin when you consider consider their difficulty uh, to the start of the campaign Matt and I think they'll definitely consider themselves unfortunate that, you know, that they weren't at least able to come away with the point given their, the effort that they had put forward throughout that game. And they obviously made it sort of very difficult for Monero to break them down. And th- those losses always hurt, you know, when you put in such a strong, strong effort like they did and to go through almost the whole game thinking that at least you're going to come away with a point. And then for that not to turn into fruition is very sort of tough, but, you know, they'll need to bounce back and that's all you can really do at the end of the day is, you know, it's one game and and you move forward type mentality, but nevertheless, when you talk about the result itself, it's still very difficult. And I want to mention as well, it seemed that West Canberra player Ben Ops picked up a nasty injury during the game and, I know I I speak for behalf of both of us that we hope he obviously recovers well and is back on the pitch soon. So good luck to Ben. And I think 
when you consider things from West Canberra's point of view, I think in these circumstances, I think there are things that they can definitely take away from this game that they can use to more effect going forward in terms of having that defensive solidity that they were able to show for most of that game against Monero because Monero do have an array of talent, especially in the forward line, Matt, as you know. So I think it's definitely important for them not to get too hung up on the fact that they conceded a you know, a, a penalty so close towards the end. And when you come up against a quality opposition against Monero, like, like Monero are, you, there's no time to dwell on, on a result like this. And I know that it's only sort of round five, but, you know, it, you know, and we bang about it. Sorry, we bang on about it all the time in terms of there being promotion relegation stakes involved in this competition now. So every game matters and you've just got to pick yourself up and go and deliver on the next occasion. Yeah, look, let me first let me echo the sentiments you said about Ben Opst. Um, hopefully he will hopefully he'll be okay because what a season he's he's been having. I know it's only a couple yep. of rounds in, but geez, he's been one of the standouts for West Canberra, hasn't he? He's had some really he's been pivotal pivotal to their play, creation, had some really good through balls, really good um assists. So hopefully he is okay. Um Look, West Canberra, I know they haven't really got the results I would have liked, but last week they got a uh, you know, big draw against Tigers. Uh, they yep. put in a good performance against Monaro as well. So yep. it's definitely not all doom and gloom. Um, they're, they're, they're just starting to um, get going in that regard. And that's more than a few performances now that they're good ones that they've put in against the big sides. Um, and like you said, like you mentioned, I it's a massive win for Monaro. It puts them back in the top four, um, especially mm-hmm. with a few key victories over the weekend, like with Olympics victory, with O'Connor's victory and with um, and with Croatia's victory, um, it was needed for Monaro to get themselves back on that win board, and they did. All right, let's move on to another match with an absolutely stellar performance from Canberra Olympic, four two over Tigers. If you haven't, go back and especially watch that first half. It'll it's one of the best halves you'll see in Canberra football this year on NPL TV. It was absolutely terrific. Olympic opener scoring through Simon Rowan Jones, who finished off a really good piece of play. Um, Hege ended up giving him the ball at the end, and Hege will be a name that you will hear um, shortly uh, quite a bit. Hege was able to score literally less than a minute later, getting on the end of a beautiful sort of. Um, so Rowan Jones was fighting with someone for the ball. He was able to get his foot on it, get enough um, get enough power on it, ball over the top to a Hege, who once again power pace yeah it, it it it's just um incredible uh his power and pace it's just it, it literally we mentioned it last week how um who they verse couldn't uh, handle it also tigers couldn't really handle it this week either um tigers did get back on the score sheet uh after with Tim, anthony timotheu um cracking strike from outside the box and that's a similar one to what will come later there was one pivotal point in the match. Olympic, uh, sorry, Tigers did go three one down, but they could have went three one down a lot earlier mm-hmm. when uh, Jacob Cole saved a penalty from Alan James, and literally straight after that, Alan James, uh, with what Russ called def- um, dancing feet in the box, did some little uh, skills over the ball, beat a few players, put an absolutely thunderous shot. Unluckily for him, it hit the um, hit the bar, but uh, that was an impressive bit of play there. Cole made some really good saves as well. Eventually, um, 
Olympic did go 3-1 up with, once again, another Isosa Ehegi goal. And then Nick Popovich just before halftime with an absolutely cracking shot once again and some really good play as well from Tigers. So when you look at a halftime, 3-2, Tigers got themselves back in it when it looked like, you know, when Olympic had a cracking start to the game, that, you know, from a Tigers point of view to get back in it, um, they would have been happier than they probably would have been at the start of the game, for example. And then in the second half, it was just the one goal um, when Olympic once again capped off. Um, it was a neat little turn around the keeper and passed it off to Luca Flores, who finished it. Um, so overall, uh, very, very good win for Olympic. Uh, this puts them in second place. So we mentioned last week how, you know, after the start they had with those two very heavy defeats, and I know it's still early, but geez, Olympic have really bounced back well. Like, could you na- think of a better way to bounce back after conceding 14 goals in the first two games? Robbie Katnak's size really turned it around. And yeah, in terms of Tigers, obviously not the result they would have liked. I mean, they did sort of fight back when it seemed like Olympic had all the um, momentum, but then Olympic were able to finish it off. Uh, in terms of Tigers, they are now in sixth place. However, they're only one point behind. So those wins and those draws they got on earlier, very, very crucial. So there's still a long way to go. Tiger, It's not all doom and gloom for Tigers, even though the performance and the amount of goals they conceded wouldn't be, you know, what they're used to and the draw last week against West Canberra as well. But at the end of the day, congratulations to um, Olympic because that is a massive victory. And like we said, second place just behind Canberra, Croatia. You know, one of the inform teams in the competition at the moment so all credit to Canberra Olympic you know you pretty much summed it up all there Matt you know just an overall great performance and the things that they've been able to sort of change around following the first two games of the season where you mentioned they conceded 14 goals and it looked like they're in some serious trouble but you know they've managed to turn it around expertly and all credit to Canberra Olympic but we'll move on now to Canberra, Croatia, who managed to get a 2-0 victory over Belconnen United at Deakin Stadium. Certainly wasn't easy for Canberra, Croatia. Uh, goals for uh, Mate Busek and Kamara in the second half, six minutes before full time, uh, got Canberra, Croatia all three points there. And like I said, it certainly wasn't easy, but you know they, they did what they had to do in order to get the the victory and maintain their spot at the top of the competition ladder. And we, we talked about it last week, Matt, I think when we were sort of previewing the game that this is regardless of where these teams are on the competition ladder, it always is a tight and tough game between these two, just because of the story and, you know, the, the, the sort of history behind this fixture as well, because this is sort of, in terms of history's sake, this is one of the sort of two of the big teams in MPL, and they've had some cracking battles over the over the regular um, MPL season as well as finals matches as well. So we know what comes w- with a match like this, and you know I, I speak for every spectator, ex, sorry, every spectator that would have been there this af- uh, in the afternoon as I was uh, watching the game. You know as as not only a fan of either club, but just a neutral as well, you know, you can always expect there to be sort of fireworks and, and and a good amount of quality football on display when these two teams come to meet. And that's what you got, you know, uh, I, fe- I felt as though both teams sort of grew into the game 
Uh, you know, it was a, a little bit sort of rigid and, and patchy to begin with, not really either team being able to string too many passes together. And I think that really just spoke to both teams just, you know, really needing to calm down and put a few passes together, which they managed to do. And, you know, I think the key for Canberra Croatia was being able to find the back of the net just prior to half time. Uh, it was a strike from Busek that took a slight deflection that, you know, the keeper was able to sort of get his body in front of the ball, but he, he still didn't manage to keep the ball out from finding the back of the net. And I think that was a, a really sort of like a killer blow. You know, it's, it's always so, from Busek. It really was. It really was. And, and what why I, I mentioned slight deflection is because, I mean, you, you could tell it took a little bit of a de- deflection, but that didn't really take away from the quality of the strike um, that, that Busek was manage, managed to put on the ball. Uh, he still got a good connection on it and he was able to obviously put Canberra, Croatia in front uh, from outside the box. And I think going into uh, the second half, uh, Belconnen changed things a little bit. I think in the first half, they were able to find some spots and opportunities to hit Canberra Croatia on the counter-attack, but they just weren't able to put the put the plays together that they needed to when they got the ball out from defence and, you know, looking to move the ball quickly to catch Canberra Croatia out from having their numbers sort of flooding forward. And I definitely think they, that, that they stepped up their play in the second half and managed to put their counter-attacking style and their pieces of play in those scenarios a little bit better than what they were able to in the first half. But what sort of lacked for them was just having that cool head in the in the final third to be able to put a good delivery into the box or get a really good shot off on target. But I do want to mention that one of those counter-attacks that they did, did manage to produce, they, they had a strike from outside the box and it was an absolute laser that struck the post. And that was at a time where you thought maybe Belconnen were going to get themselves back into this game and go level. But obviously Kamara's got Kamara, Kamara's goal, sorry, in the second half, six minutes from time in the 84th minute sort of just put the result to bed I think that's what you could sort of sense at that time and that essentially gave Canberra Croatia all three points and you have to give Canberra Croatia credit because you know they've been in that position so many times and they're just experts at being able to see off games and put results beyond reach and that's exactly what they managed to do late in this game yeah look Important victory for Canberra Croatia, as we mentioned. It means they go top because if they yeah. didn't win this one or they drew this one, Olympic would have gone top. Um, so it was important in that um, regard. Did it seem like Kamara sort of turned up a step when he went for that run as well? It just seemed like near yeah. the end, he just, he just, just go back and watch it. It just seemed like he turned into another gear for that last like 10 meters of that run. Um, so good stuff there from uh, Canberra Croatia. And I guess um, importantly for them, uh, not just in terms of going top, but it gives them really good momentum heading into the massive Croatian derby next week against O'Connor. Uh, just like another team, he has some really good momentum going into it. Next up, we have O'Connor Knights, huge 3-2 victory over Gungahling United. Goal scorers, Pat O'Rourke, two goals, Jack Green own goal, and then for Gungahling United, we had Jack Green and Bernabeu Madrid. Great, great electric opening from O'Connor Knights, courtesy of Patrick O'Rourke to, for them to begin the game. 
um, in the sixth minute. Fini- uh, O'Rourke finished off a nice piece of team play. Um, he br- he cut the ball back in, and I think he sort of nuttied the um, the defender as well when he did it, and he placed it in the um, bottom corner. Then Jack Green was able to level it less than 10 minutes later. I think it was about eight minutes later. Um when he got on the end of a free kick and it was a bit of a scramble for it, but Jack was able to get on the end of it and put that in, which meant one, one, and it was game on once again. Um, Yeah. And then Pat O'Rourke scored his second goal. I thought was, you know, he just, he was just able to have a fantastic run uh, literally from deep in his half. No one was able to catch him. Did a one, two with uh, Connor Minot Smith and Minot Smith, uh, might I say, what a player he is. He is absolutely killing it this season, the youngster in MPL. And so is uh, Pat really O'Rourke good. as well. So he did one one with Minot Smith and then was able to finish it. And once again, from what was a very, very close game, um, Gangala might have had more of the chances, but uh, O'Connor were more um, efficient with their chances, uh, which was key, but it was a very, very close game. And Will Roberts was able to get a low cross um and he was able to get it to Bernabeu Madrid, who, of course, was right place, right time, beat his man and was able to place it. That made it 2-2. And then um, and then O'Connor Knights whipped in across. Um, Jack Green went to go chest it out. And unfortunately for him, it went in the uh, bottom corner. So it was an own goal. And O'Connor took the lead in that regard. But Gangalan did have their chance to be 3-3 really late on. There was some drama. Um, literally like 89th minute, um, the ref called a penalty. So essentially my interpretation of it when I was watching it live, I didn't see what O'Connor were originally calling for. Um, so I only saw the tackle and I'm like, okay, that that's a foul, right? Because of the way he tackled him, he cleared him. Um, and then it looked like O'Connor was, um, sort of trying to, you know, get the ref to talk to the linesman. So essentially my interpretation of it was, one of the Haptomeriums was um, in an offside position. He didn't touch the ball when the um, Gangalan player had the ball and he was moving it to the side to w- uh, whip the cross back in before the challenge. And there was an O'Connor Knights player and technically the Haptomerium sort of uh, just um, obstructed his view. So that's what o- so O'Connor were calling for an offside beforehand, before the foul. Um, so in terms of all that, you could see it and you're like, okay, yeah, okay, I see how it was. It was one of those situations where you're like, okay, I can see how it was a foul beforehand, but if the ref isn't calling that for a foul, I can see how that's a penalty in that hand. So it was sort of one of those ones where, you know, both sides um, thought they had the right of the call. In the end, the ref ended up calling the penalty, but Jeremy had to marry it and had to marry him, ended up missing it, um, ended up putting it to the left-hand side, I believe. And after that, I believe there was one specific chance real late on and Jack Miller with an absolutely terrific save. He's He he has been one of the best keepers in MPL this season. Um, so overall, very good win for O'Connor Knights. It was a very close matchup. I'm sure both sides um, felt like they would have deserved the points or a draw. Or it was just one of those matches where any outcome could have came. Terrific matchup. Russ and uh, Forshaw definitely had fun calling that one. And like we said, huge momentum for O'Connor heading into it. And well done to O'Connor for what they've done so far. This means that they are tied fourth place with Gungarlan. Um, And since Dribble hasn't updated it properly, I just had to sort of do my own uh, calculations on it. If I'm not mistaken, due to this win, they should be tied in terms of goal difference. Um, 
So if it did go down a head-to-head and the season ended now, I think O'Connor would be um, up in that regard. But yeah, O'Connor, what a season, Michael, they're having so far uh, to begin things. They've only had one loss. They've had two wins, I believe, and a draw. And they still have that match in hand, if I'm not mistaken, against West Canberra. So it could end up even uh, better for them once they um, do that and play like Minot Smith, um, and then also the keeper, Jack uh, Miller, O'Rourke had a great game today. Um, Krezic had a really good game. Um, Yadrich came off the bench, had a really good game. Packy Manda, uh, that everyone put in today. And of course, Michael Adams is Webby, would always say. He was uh, Webby's favorite player last year in CPL. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you make anything um, of this before we get into the weekend's fixtures? Oh, I mean, like we've, we've already boasted on about it quite a few times already throughout this season, but I think when you're talking in terms of a team that is really projecting young talent and letting that sort of speak for their performances and their squad, I mean, you can't really look any further than O'Connor. It, it, it's it's fantastic to see the amount of young talent that they've got. It's been absolutely fantastic sort of seeing a young team like that flourish and even more impressive them being the team that got promoted from... CPL last season and they've just managed to you know flourish in the new competition that they're in at the moment in in MPL you know you always sort of talk about maybe things being a little bit difficult when you're just the team being promoted up from the league below and you know or you know it becomes sort of a test finding out if you really do fit in with the teams that you're now coming up against in the higher division and they're Fly, they're passing this test with flying colors. They've, have, they've put on some really good performances. They're one of those teams that you want to go and watch and the array of young talent that they've got as well. You know, when I went and watched them earlier this season against Canberra Olympic, I think that sort of just highlights everything I was just saying, you know, uh, a great young team and uh, Alex Trinich is doing a great job uh, with them also. Let's move on to the round six fixtures, Matt. We'll kick it off with Tigers FC up against Belconnen United. Nijong Oval, Saturday, May 14th at 3 p.m. Ooh. I'm going to go Thanks for a... Win. Yeah, I'm going to go for a, a Tigers FC win here at, at home. I expect them to have a little bit of a bounce back. They tend to you know, produce a, a bit of a comeback performance after sort of being held to a draw or, or particularly coming back from a defeat as well, especially with the talent that they have in that team. I expect them to come back. But at the same time, you know, this Belconnen United team, you know, that although they're not getting the results that they want, they're another team that, you know, will, will grow as the season goes on. And I expect them to still put in a, a good effort against Tigers. Look, I agree. I'm going for a Tigers victory here, like you said, because after a draw and a loss, I think they will they'll be raring to go in terms of bouncing back. But I expect another I expect another performance from Belco where they will put it in against one of the bigger sides, um, like they did against Canberra Crozier, as they usually do. But like we said, both teams need to go um, need to go for the victory here. Like we said, Tigers currently in sixth um, at the moment, Belco in seventh. Uh, so both only, both teams only with one win and then Tigers have, I believe, two draws. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going for a Tigers one with this one, but I, I think Belco will um, give them a good match as well. Yeah, most definitely. Next up, we have Canberra Olympic against Monaro Panthers. This one should be a cracker, Matt. 
Saturday, May 14, 3 p.m. at O'Connor enclosed. I'm going to go with the informed team here. It's hard to go against them given the vein of form that they're in at the moment. I'm going to go for Canberra Olympic in the in this match, but this will be a fantastic game. Obviously, Frank Casey going back to his old club in in Canberra Olympic. It's always a special occasion, but it, it's really hard to look past Olympic in the vein of form that they're in at the moment, and the and the confidence just exuberating from that playing group at the moment. They, they've you know, like we mentioned just before, they've managed to really turn it around for the better and they fully deserve it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm going to go with an Olympic victory as well. It'll be another close one. Probably a lot of goals in this one as well. Uh, but like you said, it's hard to ignore what they've done, especially some of the, like we've mentioned a Heggy several times, but Alan James has been absolute. I thought was absolutely terrific yeah. in the game I saw on the weekend also. And then you've got... Um, you know, Rowan Jones, uh, it looked like he was uh, playing on the wing as well. He did very well. Flores, like everyone just put in yeah. a great shift. And how quick are they on the counter? It, I, I really like what they do on the counter and how quickly they move. Um, and let's not forget that was the difference against Monaro once before. I don't think Monaro will get caught out as much as they did in that match. But at the end of the day, going forward, Olympics seem like an absolute handful to deal with. And when they're in form, like you said, I think they'll end up uh, nipping this one. But I expect a lot of goals in this game. Just leave it that way. Next up, we have Canberra Croatia against O'Connor Knights, the Croatia Derby, the one we've all been huge. waiting for. This one should be absolutely huge at Deakin Stadium, Saturday, May 14th at 5 p.m. Is it, Matt, this kickoff yep. time? Yep. Fantastic. 5 p.m. I mean, you best be sure heading to Deakin Stadium at 5 p.m. if you're planning on going to one of the 3 p.m. games um, for sure. So, you know, it, it give you a little bit of time to to get yourself over to Deakin uh, Stadium. I'm going to go for a draw in this one, Matt. I think given the current form that both teams are in, obviously all due respect to Canberra Croatia who are leading the competition at the moment in first place, but I really like what O'Connor Knights have been able to produce so far with the young talent that they have. And I just see them sort of cancelling each other out in this one. I think it's going to be a draw, but it's going to be an absolutely fantastic game. Just the atmosphere, I think, is something that we're all looking forward to witnessing and and seeing as well. It, it's going to be an absolutely amazing game of, of football. And what, what are your thoughts and views? I hate to agree with you again, but this is what I this is what I have when I wrote it down <laughs> yesterday. So I'm I'm going to go to draw as well. I really like what O'Connor's doing at the moment, and they're going to be pumped as well. We've had to wait a while for this one. Remember, this was supposed to be the first round of the season when it was all um, said and done. So instead of O'Connor kicking it off, it is now at Deakin Stadium kicking off the first Croatian derby in in the league anyway in something like 13 years. So um, in terms of this competitive game, so this is going to be. An absolute stellar one. Uh, Russ will be there on commentary, I heard him say. Um, so, and I really like how they push, push back the kickoff. Should be able to get more people to the games, people that, you know, do their, have their own state league games or go and watch a 3 p.m. game. A decent amount of people can either tune in, tune in for it at a good time and, um, or go down to the game for a good time. I, I'll be shocked if there's not a good, um, a good amount of people there watching this one from both from the O'Connor fans and the Croatia fans. It should be one hell of a spectacle. Um, yeah, I'm going to say a draw in this one. Absolutely. I might even try and get myself out to try and watch this game after 
my match. So we'll see how that plays out, but it should be an absolutely fantastic game of football, like we mentioned. And lastly, we have Gungahlin United up against West Canberra Wanderers Sunday, May 15, 3 p.m. at AIS Grassfield 2. I'm going to go for a Gungahlin United victory in this one. It was actually very tough for me to pick this. I could have lent more towards a draw. It, it definitely crossed my mind when looking at this fixture, but I think like we mentioned before, Matt, in terms of the resiliency from West Canberra, I think they still will be. I think they'll be tough to break down. But I think that the injury to Ben Opst is going to hurt them in the midfield. You know, we, we, we talked about it earlier in terms of the form that he has been in and how key he's been in that midfield area for West Canberra. He'll be, he will be missed depending on how long he's going to be out for. And... I expect on the flip side of that for Gungahlin United to be raring to go following that loss and the drama that sort of unfolded in that game against O'Connor. You know, they obviously had the chance to get a draw in that one and they weren't able to take up on that, on that opportunity. Sorry. And I expect them to be sort of fired up and ready to go for this match. And I expect them to come away with three points, but I do not think it's going to be a walk in the park by any stretch of the imagination. What about you? What about you? I agree. It won't be a walk in the park at all. Uh, I'm going to say Gungahlin purely based on the fact that I, I can't see them losing three games in a row because uh, they lost to Canberra Croatia. They lost to Olympic. Yeah. Sorry, to um, O'Connor. I can't yeah. see them losing three games in a row. I can't remember the last time they have lost three games in a row um, in that regard. West Canberra, though, I, like you said, expect them to put in a good performance. They will eventually win a game. They've only gotten a draw so far. But they're, like I said, they're putting some really good performances, especially against the bigger teams. Um, so don't be surprised if West Canberra do get um, a result from this one, but I just, I can't see Gungahlin losing three times in a row, um, yeah. especially after how close both those defeats were. All right, let's move on to MPLW, shall we? I was at this one with uh, Jeremy on the weekend and what a game. Once again, uh, we've talked about the, the derby between Belco and Croatia for the men's. It's just the same for the women's. If anything, it probably is a little more considering they have been the main two teams over the last more than 10 years, maybe 15 years um, in MPLW. Uh, the goal scorers were Jen Bissett, um, Jenny Bissett, uh, Shanice, Shania, sorry, Setin, and Diane Wilson, Talia Backhouse with the goal for Belconi United. Croatia opened the scoring in um, early on. Uh, Belko had some really good pressure, but Jenny Bissett in the 13th minute was able to smack a shot from outside the box after um, either a free kick or a corner, and there's a lot of um, bodies in the box. And Riley Ewan was the um, the goalkeeper. So uh, Belko didn't have a goalkeeper, so um, they ended up choosing Riley Ewan, um, which makes sense. She's the uh, multi-sport athlete of the team. So having played AFL and whatnot, she's um, a good athlete to do that. Unfortunately for her, the three goals she let in, there's not much she could have done. Like I said, the first one, shot from outside the box. There's quite a few people in there, um, so not much she could do there. Shania's goal was a, a goal from the corner, literally from the corner of the box, whipped in a beautiful ball over the top of Riley Ewan, across goal in the top corner. Not much any keeper really could have done about that. And the final goal, Bella Barrett provided a beautiful through ball to Diane Wilson, uh, who was able to place it across um, goal. So credit to Riley Ewan. She made some really good saves as well um, during the game. And um, she did good considering she was a makeshift keeper for the day there was a big um red card though for rihanna fenson she'll miss the next game 
after she took down Kira Bobbin. We talked all game, uh, Jeremy and I, how Kira Bobbin's pace was going to be key for Canberra uh, to break down the Canberra Croatia defense. Um, but first of all, as soon as she went on, on the right side, she had none other than Alice Churchill to sort of um, defend her. And Alice Churchill did um, a really good job defending her. Uh, Kira Bobbin wasn't able to get down her side a lot. So they ended up switching it up, moved Kira to the left after a while. Um, and Kira was able to get through um, in that second half. I mean, she got through a few times, but that main one in the second half broke away, Fenson cleared her out from the side uh, when there was um, when she was the last man. So the ref ended up consulting with the uh, the linesman. So it took a while to get the decision, but with those big decisions, the red card, usually it's what people complain about when um, the refs just make a decision immediately for a red card. So it was good to see that the refs were sort of colluding with each other and took their time to get that um, to, you know, to make sure that they felt like they made the right decision there. And it was ended up in, did end up being a red card. We saw a bit more with um, Belco making some more chances to get up front, but, uh, the professionalism of that Canberra Croatia team to ease it out was good. Um, Canberra Croatia end up going top now with that victory in terms of goal difference, Olympic one as well. But um, the goal difference is Canberra Croatia, I believe, is better um, in that regard. So they are top. Belconnen did have their bright spots in the game. It's going to be tough considering how much they lost and they are a younger team this year. Um, like I said, Riley Ewan did very well. Definitely shouldn't be disappointed with that performance in goals. She made some quality saves. Um, Brittany Plomby ended up coming off the bench. So did um, Amy McLaughlin and Jamie Berkeley. That was their first, if I'm not mistaken, that was their first match in a in a in a in a month or so. Um, they were they had an overseas trip, so they just got back, came off the bench. So, I mean, considering how well Canberra Croatia have done, Michael, and now after a month or so, you can bring the likes of Brittany Plomby, Jamie Berkeley, Amy McLaughlin off the bench. Just so, and then they've still got Grace Gill to come as well just shows how much uh, depth they have in that Canberra Croatia side. Belco United. Um, in terms of Belco United, though, I thought Ella Palfreman did a fantastic job in the centre of midfield. Um, in the absence of uh, Katie Woodman, she's a young player, good on the ball. Um, she's uh, She plays some really good passes and look out for the centre-back pairing of Preston and Dumos. Uh, they're becoming a really good partnership in that uh, central defensive area for Belco United. At the end of the day, though, Canberra Croatia too strong. Very good victory for them as they keep marching on. Canberra, Croatia, obviously you speak to their depth and they obviously have, you know, tremendous depth that can be viewed as the best depth in the MPLW competition. And I think that's going to come in handy, especially down the season for them when they come up against Belcon United again and, the team that we've sort of been talking about over the last few weeks is real title contenders in Canberra Olympic as well. So we'll definitely see how that plays out. But nevertheless, you speak to the history of this fixture and how important it is in MPLW history and Canberra Croatia were able to come out on top in this game. So well done to them. It's a big result. But moving on now to the next match in MPLW, we had Wagga City Wanderers play host to the Canberra United Academy where the Canberra United Academy were just too good on this occasion, Matt. 5-0 winners, and they get a clean sheet alongside with it. Uh, two goals for Christopson, Gregson with a goal, Barbour and Smith with an own goal in the 87th minute there to make it five. They really put in an emphatic display in this one to bounce back from their loss uh, last week, and 
you know, four of their five goals in this match came in the second half. So I think that really showed that they weren't able to execute on the things that they wanted to in the first 45 minutes. And they rectified that in the second half by putting forward a much better performance. They were obviously more clinical in front of goal. And I really want to highlight the fourth goal that they were able to score in this game. It was really worked, really, sorry, well-worked goal from outside the area where one of the players was managed managed to find a little bit of pocket of space just outside the box and play. they managed to play a beautiful sort of dinked through ball over the top of the Wagga City defence where uh, Christopson was able to finish and put the ball in the back of the net. So I really want to pay, you know, respect to that fantastic bit of play. Uh, CUA, they'll definitely be happy with the performance and clean sheet, like I mentioned, as, you know, this is something that they've managed to produce on a couple of times already this, this season. Uh, being able to play that style of football that we know that they play where it's very possession-based, but they're also managing to couple that now with defensive solidity and being able to get clean sheets. And that's exactly what you want. You want to be able to play well, score goals and keep clean sheets. And that's what they've been able to do on this occasion. So props to CUA for that. This was obviously Wagga's first game without Sam Gray at the helm. And I still think those girls can be proud of the effort that they were able to put in against a Canberra United Academy team in the sort of form that they're in, despite the setback that they had last week, CUA. I still think that Wagga, no matter who they play against, will put in a massive effort. And I'm sure that those girls were really fired up to really, you know, make a statement in terms of them moving forward without Sam Gray guiding them because he's been there for he had been there for a while and it's just going to be a bit of an adjusting period for that team moving forward without him in the coach's box Matt what are your thoughts if any before we move on to Canberra Olympic versus West Canberra Wanderers no I'm just impressed with how quickly Canberra uh, how quickly Canberra United Academy are improving this season um, you mentioned it all there Jeremy's mentioned it in the past as well on the show um, it's they're really shaping up uh, Canberra United Academy and so early. We, we did say it might take a while, but it seems like they're shaping up already. And like you said, it's going to be difficult um, in that first transition game without Sam Gray. Um, yeah, thanks for his comments as well. And we'll try and get him on the show actually for a future MPLW segment if he's uh, keen to do that. All right, next up, Canberra Olympic. Uh, also go joint top, uh, but behind on goal difference to Canberra, Croatia, 5-0 over West Canberra Wanderers. Roden, uh, the former CUA player herself, with uh, two goals, Michaela Thornton with two goals, and Tiana Miro with a goal. Also, like we said, Canberra Olympic continue their brilliant start to the season and another clean sheet as well to add on to that. We, and in terms of West Canberra, we did talk about how they were top of the table, four from four. Um, they hadn't versed the big three yet, but... It's easy to just say that, but at the end of the day, all those coaches that aren't aren't one of the coaches of the top three teams, they would be trying to aim to get as many points as possible when they're not versus the top three. Ray Castro is the one that's that can say he's done that so far. Um, so the first four times he hasn't uh, faced the big three, he's gotten four uh, you know four wins from four, twelve points. Um, so this was one of those tests for them to see how um, they would do. Like we mentioned, West Canberra, like some of the other sides, a younger side. Um, there are positives they can take from this. Um, like I said, it's very difficult when you're coming up at Olympic side, you know, got the draw last week. 
and you've we've mentioned several times, but you got someone like Michaela Thornton just absolutely just blasting running at you. It's just you know with that much pace, that much explosion, uh, such um, a tough player as well on the ball. She was heavily involved in a lot of these plays. Um, Jaloka did very very well for a few of these plays as well. Roden finished off very well. Uh, the way Thornton was able to get in behind players as well. Miro's goal was good. So it's always going to be difficult when you come up against an Olympic side, especially when they're coming off, not getting the three points um, and conceding late as well uh, as they did against Canberra, Croatia. So you could tell, Michael, I think, that Olympic were raring to go. But in terms of West Canberra, um, yeah, they weren't able to get, um, they didn't get the result they would have liked, um, especially maybe the scoreline as well. But they're going to take the positives um, they can from from a game like this. Like we said, they're a young side, so they're going to look to improve on these big matches. But credit to what West Canberra have done so far, and they did keep a clean sheet, let's not forget, in those first four matches. So a lot of positives for West Canberra, despite the loss. Next up, we have uh, Tuggeranong United up against Gungahlin United. A 2-2 draw this ended up in. Matt, what a result for Tuggeranong United, I think, is the first thing that we think about when we read out that result to collect their first points of the season at the expense of the travelling Gungahlin United team. Who had a 2-0 lead in this match, Matt, going into half time. And I think this result really highlights and speaks to the continuous resilience and effort that we've mentioned numerous times about this Tuggeranong United team over the years, especially this season under Polo Romero. And their display was finally rewarded with some points. So I'm very happy that Tuggeranong United were able to put in a good shift and they actually got rewarded this time for it. And obviously, Gungahlin are going to feel that they should have seen this game out, having taken the lead, scoring those two goals in the first half, courtesy of Sharon Chow and Natalie DeMarco. But, you know, it, it's tough. It I say it'll be tough for them to really swallow this result when you consider the struggles that they've already had this season. I think in previous seasons, it would have been a little bit different because they were in a a bit of better form, but we've already seen this season that maybe they're a little under strength, uh, Gungahlin United, not to say that there's not a quality team. They definitely are a good team, but we've already seen the struggles that they've already endured so far. And I think letting a result like this slip, could hurt them going forward, but it'll just be really important for them just to move forward as best as they can. But what a result for Tuggeranong United. You know, they'll take an immense amount of confidence from this performance and they'll use that as a springboard going forward where they'll obviously look to take more points and this will really, really help them, I think. And obviously, I want to mention, you know, obviously Burns scored in the 43rd minute to get them back in the game at 2-1, but that goal from Hall in the 70th minute from a corner. I mean, it was a goal that you see a centre-half score in the Premier League from a from a set-piece situation. I mean, she got up, flicked it straight into the top corner. Nothing that the keeper could do. A lot of pace on it. It was just a fantastic header. So well done to Tuggeranong United. Uh, let's start. Belco United, Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday, May 14th, 3pm at McKellar Park. It's hard to look past Belco for this one. It's still going to be a bit of a transition period for Wagga City Wanderers. It, um, I'm not sure if Belco still have their keeper back or not yet, um, but Ewan, uh, I think, will take some um, 
comfort from how well she did as well in that game. So I'll go with Belko for this one. How about you, Mike? Yeah, me too, Matt. I'm just going to go with Belcon and United in this one. I expect them to bounce back from that loss to Canberra, Croatia. As you mentioned, it's still a bit of an adjustment period for Wagga City Wanderers getting over the departure of Sam Gray. And I expect that to still take a little bit of time in terms of that playing group, getting used to playing with each other under new management. And next up, Canberra Croatia, West Canberra Wanderers, Sunday, May 15th, 2.30pm at Deakin Stadium. I believe this is the one Jeremy will be calling on MPL TV. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how West Canberra approached this after facing Olympic last week. Um, in terms of Canberra Croatia, no round and fence them in defence. Uh, we mentioned the depth they have. It's Once again, it's a bit hard to go past Canberra Croatia, but I'm, I'm intrigued to see how West Canberra Wanderers um, approaches one considering they have faced Olympic next week. So it'll be interesting to see how Ray sets up his team in that regard. I'm going to go for Canberra Croatia in this one. It's a very telling period for West Canberra. Uh, I would like to mention that because you did mention that, and we know obviously that they started four from four to begin the season. But now that they had that first test against Olympic and they came up short, it's going to be very interesting to see how they use that experience and come into this game against Canberra, Croatia, because they're going to play quality opposition in back-to-back weeks. Obviously, two teams that are classified in that top three. And I don't think they'll have enough to defeat Canberra, Croatia on this occasion, but I do expect them to put forward a better effort in terms of the scoreline in this match. Next up, we have Tyro United against CUA. This is going to be a very interesting one. Uh, both teams uh, got a good result on the weekend. Tyro on with the comeback, CUA with the 5-0 victory. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, this was one of those Fed Cup matches where it got called off due to the thunder or the weather or something like that. And it was like 5-4 or something. Like it was yeah. insane. And since they didn't pass the 60-minute mark, they were like a couple of minutes off. They had to replay the whole match instead of just the last 30 minutes because that's it's 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 written in the rules. Um, and then CUA, I think, did end up winning that one. But that was a day that they that it showed when they're both on their day, it's going to be a very close matchup. Uh, so I'm going to go for a draw with this one. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing this one. I'm intrigued to see how both sides approach it. How about you, Michael? I was actually thinking of the possibility of a draw in this one as well, but I am going to lean more towards a, a Canberra United Academy victory on this occasion. I think that they've actually had a good start to the season and they've put forward some really good displays and I expect them to continue that against Tuggeranong, but it definitely won't be easy. And like, and like we mentioned, Tuggeranong United will feel very confident heading into this one, having got some points up now on the board. I'm just glad we didn't agree on everyone. I think that's the first one we haven't agreed on all day, which is good because we're not used, pardon me, we're not used to agreeing. So that's good. I'm into a new fan. That's why. Um, Exactly. (laughs) Next up, Canberra Olympic, Bengali United, Sunday, May 15th, 2.30 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. Look, it's considering how well Olympic have done this season, they've just got too much firepower for me. Um, But Bengali United, you know, after I th- they will be ready to go after letting that two goal lead slip. So I'm intrigued to see how they approach this. But for me, Gungalan just have a little too much firepower. How about you, Michael? Exact same for me, Matt. I'm going with a Canberra Olympic victory in this one. I, you know, I do expect Gungalan to 
be a lot more prepared and fired up in terms of, you know, showing a retaliation from letting a two-goal lead slip against Huggerong United. And I think that they'll definitely put forward a better effort, but it's not going to be enough against a quality Canberra Olympic team that are in some great form at the moment. Uh, CPL action, where we kick things off with Wagga City Wanderers, who defeated ANU 1-0 in this one, Matt. Uh, Polongas with a goal in the 40th minute that proved to be the deciding goal in this game. Uh, the striker was, you know, uh, it, it's what proved to be the difference in terms of what it took for Wagga to claim another home victory uh, for the season against a side which was consider- considered one of the sides to battle for promotion at the start of this season, Matt. So, you know, for for, for Wagga City, two wins and a draw uh, so far in five games is a good return and more importantly, a good start for Wagga you know, just quietly going about their business. No one's really talking about them a whole lot. Obviously, that is due in part to the form of Queanbeyan and Tuggeranong United that we will get into later as we break the other matches down. But concentrating on this one, you know, it's not a great result for ANU who have now suffered their third defeat already this season, Matt. You know, that means that there are already nine points behind Queanbeyan City, who sit in pole position at the top of CPL. And unfortunately for them, it, it doesn't get any easier, you know, as they take on Canberra White Eagles in their in their next match, which is always a close affair. And we know the history of this, that fixture, sorry, in CPL. A great result for Wagga City Wanderers, Matt. What are your what are your sort of takes or, or thoughts on a result like this? It obviously gives them a whole lot of confidence, and I don't think a lot of people would have seen them winning this match. Look, I don't think a lot of a lot of people would have, but in a way, I'm not surprised because we have talked about how much Wagga have improved this season. We talked about how last season, you know, they still, uh, you know, were losing all the players that they did last season uh, from that championship winning side. It was always going to take time, and like you said, quietly going about their business. I've been very impressed with Wagga. The results have gotten. Um, you know, beating a team like ANU, uh, taking the lead against Queanbeyan and putting in a good performance against them, um, doing well on the road. Uh, David Lennon's doing a really good job there and very well done to them. In terms of ANU, I think you said it there. Um, and one thing I would add as well is not only have they already lost three times to begin um, the challenge as well, but they've lost you know, two of those matches very convincingly and this one as well um, against Wagga away, which is a game that they wouldn't have expected. It's a, it's, it's a game that they didn't drop points in last year and it's probably one that they wouldn't have expected to this year. So I'm intrigued to see how they approach the next match from a mental perspective um, uh, against White Eagles. They, they're going to need to put it behind them now because if they start thinking, geez, we're too far behind Queanbeyan, um, you know, that won't, that might not work out too well for them. So I think for them now, they're probably going to be talking to each other, saying, all right, let's put this all behind us, clean slate. Let's start and uh, try and push forward. I would say that White Eagles match against ANU uh, is huge this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. It was always going to be huge, like you mentioned. They're always close games. But I, we, we keep saying it, but we probably should have said this last week for this one. But after the results so far for ANU, if they drop points again, I know it's early in the day, in the season, but if Queanbeyan win again and Tuggies win again and they win Tuggies, like I'm about to mention, if they win their match against Western, mm-hmm. um, in 
without, you know, with the first round of matches being wrapped up and if there's like something like 12 points behind Queanbeyan already, that, yeah, um, that isn't where they expect to be at the start of the season. So I would say this is a huge match for them um, this weekend, as it is for White Eagles as well, but we'll mention that in a bit. All right, next up, one of the challenges for the promotion race, Tuggerang United with a massive 4-0 victory mm-hmm. over Brindabella Blues in the first Tuggerang derby in the league in a very long time. Uh, the goals, Mark Richards, Patrick Hislop, Harrison Bunell, and Dylan Burkery. Matt, like, like I said, massive victory for Tuggies. And another statement one, they beat ANU 4-0 last week. They beat Tuggies uh this week uh this victory means they're still in third place six points behind queen member like we mentioned they've got a match in hand which is coming this week against western if they win that they've put themselves in a good position that means they'll be three points behind queenbian uh same matches played and if they can keep up the momentum and let's just say there's only three points between them by the time that queenbian and tuggies game comes mid-season that will be even bigger that will be the biggest if it stays like this that will be the biggest game so far this season um, between those two. Uh, so like we said, another statement victory from them, uh, the the intensity they play with under Mitch Stevens, uh, they feel like they're really got a point to prove to try and push to get back in there. Um, so very, very impressive win there from uh, Tuggerin United. Like we said, they've put themselves in a good position to try and get those, catch up those points in the catch up match. Um, but regardless, they will be trailing Queenbeam three by three points unless Queenbeam drop points or they beat them in the mid in uh, the middle of the season. In terms of Brindies, weren't able to follow up their first victory of the week last um, last week with another result. We have stated though, young side, they'll learn from these experiences. Um, it's not all doom and gloom in that um, regard. This loss also means though that they knocked down the sixth place, uh, tie with Ugali on three points. Um, which means I believe they'll be three points off the top four. So three points off Wagga. So like I said, despite the loss and the heavy loss, um, they'll, I'm sure they'll try and find the positives in this and they'll look, look, we're only three points off top four um, in that regard. Who do we have next up, Michael? Yeah, next up we have Western Malongolo who played host to Ugali. And it was Yulgali who came away with a 2-0 victory, courtesy of Santlin and Donadell finding the back of the net in the space of two minutes early in the first half. Huge victory, Matt, for Yulgali on the road, away from home over Western. You know, familiar name to open the scoring in Luke Santlin, their coach last season. He He's always registered as a player just in case he needs to step in and you know, that's what he that's what he did. He made an impact on, on Saturday and managed to get himself on the score sheet. And, you know, the, the impact of this result means it's their first win of the season, which is which was desperately needed for them. And they're tied in sixth place uh, with Brindy's uh, three points off the top four. So when you put it in that context, a very important result for Yulgali. Obviously not the best day in the office for Western. However, however this loss means their first points and victories are still eluding them which is a difficult position for a club to be in when all you think about is we need to kick start our season we need to win and they're just not coming the results aren't coming through week by week but you just need to always instill that mentality that things are going to go your way eventually but you need to put the effort in to be able to reap the rewards so they just need to keep Keep at it, Weston, and 
they'll have some luck eventually. Hopefully, go their so hopefully go their way throughout the season. Look, can but, I? I yeah. just wanted to bring up a, a social media post that uh, Ugali had on their Facebook page. I'm not sure if you, sure if you saw this yeah. one, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Caption, okay. yeah, one goal, one assist. No biggie, do it all the time. <laughs> uh, not sure if you, you can so, sort of see it. You got uh, yeah. Luke Santel in there. Photoshopped head. Quality uh, quality meme posting there from Ugali, one of the best social media um, accounts yeah. uh, that we have in the Canberra League. Top of the, I think that's on top of the Harry Maguire image. So, yeah, no. Quality stuff, one of the um, top social media things in the game here in Canberra. And like I said, massive victory for Ugali. First three points, got it done on the road. Good to see Luke Santolin on the scoreboard as well. Yep. Um, like I said, they're only three points off the top four. So despite not having the best start of the season, they'll be looking at this saying, look, we're not that far behind. So um, they're going to be using this as a good kickstart for um, themselves moving forward. Next up, Another huge victory. Queanbeyan City make it five from five. Huge stuff for them. Got a 3-1 victory over West... Uh, sorry, Canberra White Eagles. Canberra White Eagles goal scorer was uh, Kagla. And then Queanbeyan City, Haas Furehe, Al Dalahi and Tejerin Dorji. Sorry for butchering absolutely all those names. Uh, <laughs> As always, it's um, not we just me. Just, uh, it's we not should all just, just put a disclaimer before we start pronouncing some of these yeah. names. I think it's not just um, me that gets them wrong. No, well, it's I don't think it's just you this time. Anyway, um, fifth victory on the trot, though. Like I mentioned, the Queanbeyan City, they're the only undefeated team left in MPL two slash CPL, and overall, um, I believe they're still the only team to win every game out of all the three major leagues. Um, yep. senior leagues in Canberra. There are still some undefeated teams, specifically MPLW, but they're the only team to win every single, all five games in the league. So impressive stuff from Queanbeyan City so far, as we've mentioned before. Uh, two of the goals in the first half, like we mentioned, Fureja and from Delahi, they are becoming regular goal scorers on the board for Queanbeyan City. Um, and we've mentioned how much variety they've had in their goal scorers, but uh, they seem to be two of the more... Um, uh, specific ones we've seen. In terms of Dorji, I'm not sure if this is his first. I believe it's his first goal in the league. It could be mistaken there, but um, the Bhutanese international it seems to be fitting into life well in Queanbeyan City. So good to see him getting on the scoreboard as well. Um, we mentioned this several times, but it, we it, just to stress it at home, impressive uh, because like we said, six points ahead of Tuggies. Um, at the very least, it'll be three. Uh, they've Five from five. But like we said, what's impressive is all three of these games, it's been a decently, you know, convincing, convincing win, right? 3-0, 4-0, against, um, sorry, 3-0 against ANU, uh, 1-0 against Tuggies, probably their closest one. Um, uh, but they were able to get that victory and then 3-1 uh, uh, against White Eagles, one of their main rivals. So all three of their major things have gotten good, solid victories and two of them that and two of them they got clean sheets. Um, so that's what I would say is more impressive. Less so the wins, it's more like how they got the wins, uh, which is what's really impressive uh, for me from Queen City. So it seems like them turning down the expectations at the start of the season has, is working so far for Goran Yosifovsky's side. Like we mentioned, um, if they're able to keep up the good form, that next Tuggies match is going to be an absolute cracker. In terms of White Eagles, though. 
This is only their first loss of the season. They did get a draw against Brindies, though. So that means they are still in second, considering the Tuggies match in hand. So they're on 10 points, five points behind Queanbeyan City. Um, obviously, not all doom and gloom for them. Uh, though I'm sure they'll take what they can from this match, put it to the next match against Queanbeyan. I mean, it's never easy to, it's never an easy pill to swallow when you lose in the derby. Uh, against one of your main rivals. Uh, so they definitely wouldn't be happy with this as a result. They'll be thinking, all right, let's try and push forward with this one. Um, like we said, uh, they might slip to third, though, if Tuggies win midweek. But it's not all doom and gloom for Canberra White Eagles. They'll be raring to go that ne- next match against Queanbeyan. So that should be an interesting one. What are the matches we have this uh, for, uh, this weekend, Michael? First up, we've got Queanbeyan City, like we were just discussing there with their victory over White Eagles. They'll be playing host to Western Malongolo Saturday, May 14th, 3 p.m. at High Street. You've got to go with the informed team, the team that's red hot on fire, uh, Queanbeyan City in this one. Matt, what about you? Yeah, it's very hard to not go with Queanbeyan City. The depth, the firepower, the recent clean sheets, uh, besides the match obviously against White Eagles, uh, the impressive performances, it's a bit hard not to go for them. Western will eventually get those points. Um, I don't doubt that. But against Queanbeyan, it's very hard to pick against them. Absolutely. And the next one, we discussed the importance of this match earlier when discussing CPL, and that is Canberra White Eagles up against ANU. Saturday, May 14th, 3pm at Woden Park and closed. This is a huge game for ANU, Matt. Yeah. Vital. But in recent history, they've seemed to always find a way to to nip past White Eagles in this fixture. And I don't think that will happen on this occasion. I'm going to go for White Eagles to get the three points. But it wouldn't surprise me if ANU were able to come away somehow with a win, despite the form that they're in at the moment. You know, just being pegged up in the corner, we'll really get to see what they're really made of at this early stage of the season because a lot's riding on them to really turn things around or else they're going to fall even further behind, like we mentioned, Matt. Yeah, I we can't stress the importance of this one. It's going to be absolutely huge. I'm going to go for a draw. I think that... Um, yeah, look, I, I like you said against uh, White Eagles, they it's always a match where both teams step up. No wonder where they are in that thing. It's always a big match. Uh, but I think, yeah, look, I I think after this weekend, um, they're going to be looking. They're going to probably just take a step back and say, all right, let's analyze this. Let's try and move forward. Let's try and start with a clean slate. Uh, White Eagles is a, are a quality side as well. They both are, um, despite. Um, White Eagles lost on the weekend, despite um, the um, recent slip-ups for ANU. I'm going to, I think it'll be a stalemate this weekend. I'm going with the draw. Next up, we have Yulgali at home again, this time host to Brindabella Blues, Saturday, May 15th, 1.30 p.m. at Solomad Stadium. This one's tough. You know, Yulgali coming off that victory that they really, really needed, and that'll give them a lot of confidence and Obviously, Brenda Bella coming off a tough loss to Tuggeranong. I'm going to go for a draw in this one, Matt. Uh, I, I'm finding it very hard to sort of separate both teams heading into this one. I think it could be a stalemate. What about you? Look, I, I think a draw is a decent um, thing to go with. I'm going to go for Ugali. After that victory, I think they're going to be raring with confidence. Uh, 
they're playing at home. They're always strong at home. Um, it's always hard to travel to Solomon Stadium. I'm going to go with the Ugali victory. Wouldn't be surprised with either way, all three results going that way. It'll be a, a close one. I think there'll be a lot of goals in this one as well. But I think Ugali will use that first victory to their advantage this week. And lastly, before we round up the show, our last match for CPL is Togonong United playing at home against Wagga City Wanderers. On Sunday, May 15th, 3 p.m. at Greenway enclosed. I've got Tuggeranong United winning this match, Matt. I think they've got too much. They're in a great bit of form right now. Obviously, they've got the game in hand as well to go along with it. They're playing really well. They've acted exactly the way that a side is meant to react after getting relegated from the top division. They're not sort of sulking and letting that influence their performances on the pitch. They're really looking to get back to MPL action as quickly as possible. And I've been very impressed with the attitude that they've been able to display so far this season. And I think that comes from obviously their coach in Mitch Stevens, who we know very well. And I'm just happy to see that they're, you know, using this experience as a, as a learning curve and sort of just saying, all right, we're here now, but, we don't want to spend a lot of time here. We, we want to get promotion back straight away. And that's exactly what they're doing by, you know, looking to do, sorry, by putting these sort of performances together. And that's why I'm going to pick them this weekend. In terms of this weekend, yeah, I'm going to say targets as well, but I think Wagga will put in another strong performance like they did against Queanbeyan. Uh, but like you said, too much firepower, too much intensity, I think, from Tuggies on the day. But like I said, Expect a good performance from David Lennon's side. Michael, before we wrap up, let's get uh, these results out from the weekend, shall we? Uh, 2-2 in MPL1 between mm-hmm. you and me, which means me overall eight, you overall six. Um, so a stalemate between us there on the weekend. MPLW, I did what you did in round two and got four from for all this weekend from MPLW. Uh, you and Jeremy both got two each. So overall, it's me 12, you 11, just off and Jeremy eight CPL. We had another style mate two, two. That means ten, me 10 and you nine. So Jeez. I'm not even winning boom. any of these comps. Boom. But you're only one point behind to be fair until the tipping and one, God. two points. You're the tipping God at the moment, man. Last week, I think last year we had like a pretty even yeah. day. Like you were in the MPL one. I was in the MPLW and I forgot yeah. what was happening in CPL. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit, little bit more even. But in saying that, look how close it is. One point, one point, and two. I'm points. coming so, back. I'm coming back. Mark my words. Mark my words. It's only, it's only five rounds in. I'm, I'm looking to come back. I'm, I'm looking to reclaim my spot at the top. Uh, awesome. Uh, good stuff, Michael. Great show. Geez, we've got some big matches this week, and knowing yeah. all three leagues. Uh, any last words before we uh, head off? Uh, definitely looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I think there's plenty of action to look forward to across the three competitions, Matt, in terms of MPL, CPL and MPLW. And I mean, you're really spoiled for choice. I mean, there's a lot out there that you can go and watch. So Very I really times as well. Yep. Yep. And in the various times as well. So I think it'll be, you know, it's a great time for the neutral fans of Canberra football just to go out and watch a whole heap of games and high quality games as well. So, you know, it's only so early in the season, but there already is so much riding on for numerous teams in various competitions. So looking forward to it. Certainly. Uh, Thanks for joining me again today, Michael. 
That was episode 51, round five review. And we'll be back next week with all the action. Thank you.